Kei aku nui, kei aku rahi, kei ngā mata waka o te mutu, nau mai, haramai ki tēnei, kōnai, ipurangi, tuatahi o te mapura. Kia everyone and welcome to our first ever Te Mapura podcast. Kei te noho mātou, ki roto, i te whare o manga ko tukutuku, kei raro i te maru o te wānanga o Aotearoa. E whakapāho ana i tā mātou kaupapa. Ko tēnei te kāinga o ahi kōmako, ko Bobby tōku ingoa, ko ai te tahi o ngā kaimahi kei roto i te rōpū o ahi kōmako. We are broadcasting from Mangako Tukutuku, one of our te wānanga o Aotearoa campuses here in Kirikiriroa. My name is Bobby. I'm part of the Ahi Komako Fano, and I'll be your host for this podcast. Uh, ko tā mātou, manuhiri i nei, ko Amy Madden, mai i te Pākehi o Waikiriko Fermented Beverages. E te tuahine, nau mai, haramai e hoa. Um, can you please give us a quick whakapapa and pepeha for yourself and your business as well. Uh, kia ora e te iwi ko Amy Takuengoa no Tiranganui a ki wā ahau, engare enohoana ki Kirikiriroa i nāinei. Um, I'm the owner of Waikiriko Fermented Beverages and we started back in 2019. Um, some people know my story actually. I started off and I had depression. That's how it started, and I wasn't eating properly. Um, when I got told I had depression, I was looking for, I had been refused antidepressants. So I was looking for a way to become well. So I began to research natural plants, all the plants in our environment, which which plant would be the plant that would help me with my depression, since I couldn't get medication. And then I came up with drinking the plants. Yep. And I thought I'd just do teas, wairākos, and try and ingest the rongoa into me that way. But uh, they were yuck. <laughs> they were yuck. And um, obviously so, I began to search this, something that tasted similar to what this wahine was doing in Australia and couldn't find anything so decided to go learn how to do it myself and that's where the business part began. Right. Right. Are we? Um, and tell us a bit about your business because you are now trading under a new name mm-hmm. um, but that's not how you started out. And, yeah, tell us about that journey and what process you went through to, I guess, get to where you are today with your existing name. So when we initially started, we started as Waikiriko Kombucha and we done Waikiriko, um, the name breaking down to um, a juice or a drink made from the full rako. So we used the bark, the dough, everything. So everybody had... When I started learning about brewing, people had said you couldn't use certain things or warned us against certain things. But for me, I felt that it was momo to waste our rako. And so we incorporated and infused 
the whole rako that we took from mm. um from the from the rako and then um same with the huarako when we went to infuse our fruits people said oh that the skins will give them a bad flavor and we, again we didn't want to momo our kai so we um use the skins but we just process the skins in a separate way to what we do the body of okay. our huarako so we yep. use the skins separately and remove the skins and do a certain something with the skins but also use the flesh of our huarako as well but um, that's how we came up with the name Waikiriko because we infused the entirety of whatever it was that we were taking Yep. and so at that stage we were only using plants and fruits and so hence the co it was only fruits the skins of fruits and yep. our barks and things like that so that's how we came up with the name Waikiriko Kombucha and then as I got into brewing it myself uh, there was just a niggle that told yep. me to kind of dig deeper so I dug deeper and found that there was conflicting stories everywhere yep. on the internet yep. and so we just felt that it didn't resonate with us we're not saying that it is wrong or that and that we're right we're just saying that the name kombucha just didn't resonate with us personally we felt that um the japanese were entitled to have their own deal and have it represented accordingly to how they used it so yep. we dropped the kupu kombucha and now just call ourselves fermented beverages and on our anu it's will say um, fermented tea because that's what we do is just ferment our teas yeah and so i decided to return back to our whenua and incorporate what papatuanuku provided for us and use some of our traditional rungoa practices and rako and infuse those into an inu and that's how the how the business well that's how i started and then from there we were kind of we kind of had an overload of product in our house and so yep. visitors would come to the house and we'd just palm it off to get it out of the house yep. and then they were taking it home giving it to their guests and then we started having messages from complete strangers saying hey yep. would you sell this to us and we didn't feel right selling it so we started just trading so we were trading um foods really it was just foods meats yep uh, whatever they felt that they could trade and yep. we would just exchange products the demand kind of grew and we realized that we were incurring a lot of costs so decided to look into how it was that we could become legal and make money to cover our costs yep. and we realized that we actually didn't have the money to do it so yep. we were, our house was a hundred years old falling down we were renting um our kitchen wasn't up to standard for commercial grade kitchen we yep. we failed in every aspect but for some reason i don't know i just continued to carry on with the journey so i went on to one tech to complete the food safety programs even okay. knowing that i our house wasn't i couldn't brew in the house I just kept going with it yep. and then after I completed the food safety courses I then decided to look 
for somewhere that I could brew. And so we started reaching out to um, the community centres, but because um, the community centres said there was alcohol inside, we weren't allowed on the community centres. We approached churches and the same with them, the alcohol content. And then we ended up at Ahikomako. And Ahikomako went to Big River Catering in the building and they gave us a space to start actually being a business. Yep. Yeah, so that's how we started. Yeah, awesome. That's that's a really interesting beginning um, and journey as well. And I just want to go back because you said that it was a dark time for yourself and you had depression. Um, you weren't able to get a prescription uh, to help you through that dark time and you looked to Rongoa. What made you look to Rongoa? Why didn't you just start walking or running or exercising or yeah, what was a key factor for you to look at Rongoa instead? Um, at the time, because of the depression, I was struggling to get up and get dressed. And so I wasn't making the best food choices. So to have it in a liquid form seemed the easiest and I knew that it was the fastest way for me to ingest some yep. goodness. And so, yeah, it was just it just made sense for me to just put it into a liquid form because that was the only thing I knew I could do on a regular basis. Where yep. if I, I thought about infusing it into kai, but I, because I wasn't eating properly, yeah, it was I had to force myself to eat. Then I had to have the energy to get up and make me something to eat. And so it just made sense. Let's just chuck it into... Uh, a bowl, a container of anu and let it do its thing and then I just drank the anu and that was there was no big work involved yeah. and I was thinking I was kind of just looking for the easy option with the least work because I was just so exhausted from the depression yeah. and so but I don't know I just think um, at the end of the day being Māori it was it was it was just meant to be and so returning back to my identity I think was part of my healing Yeah. and I think for me personally I felt that my tipuna knew that that's what I needed to heal was to return yeah. back to my identity Yeah. and so as much as I talk about the inu being healing and having um, medicinal or health benefits being Māori returning back to the whenua that I had been disconnected from Yeah was a lot of the healing process for myself personally. Yeah, I love hearing that, um, realising there was that disconnect from your whakapapa and from whenua um, and feeling like you had your tipuna there to help you and guide you at a critical time in your life. Mm. That's that's really awesome to hear. Um, And so you didn't really have an idea to start a business, but you were looking for a way um, to get yourself better, to get yourself well. Um, And you talked about sharing the the inu or the beverages that you were making with friends and whānau and then getting interest from them Mm -hmm. and their friends and whānau. At what point did you realise, actually, this could be something? I don't know. I think I'm still figuring that part out, to be honest. And it was really, we just moved with the demand. And so I never really thought about the business side of things. We just got more of a demand. 
And so we just increased with the demand and just catered to the people that were coming. Yeah. And so we never, the, our whole journey was just demand based really. Yeah. And it was, and trying to do it legally. Yeah. So that we could keep doing what we were doing. And yeah, that that's, it was never to make them, to make putia. Yeah. It was always, if this is what it can do for me, then maybe it can do that for someone else who may be in that same position that I might be in. Yeah. So we never expected it to take off or to be what it is today, but we just went with the flow, actually. Went yeah. with the flow and have just followed the journey wherever it's taken us. Yeah. And it's just kind of led us to our business that we are today. Yeah. Rawe, um, now you talked about doing your own research and then going to Wintech to study and find out some more information as well. While you were going through that process, what were you thinking about? Were you just trying to fill your own kite or were you thinking, no, I can do something here and I'm trying to work towards towards that goal? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So um, I have four of my own babies. My husband has his daughter and we've taken on a whangai child. My oldest son was a 24-weeker, so eight weeks old, he contracted meningitis while in the hospital, so he was only 32 weeks gestation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he has, um, he's 19 now, but he'd probably have the intellect of between a nine and a 13-year-old. And so I've always been an at-home mum me and his father weren't together from not long after he was released from the hospital. Yep. And so I ended up just uh, giving my whole life to caring for him. And yep. when he turned 18, I don't know, something happened once he turned 18 and I knew he was a little bit more independent that I now yep. had the, the opportunity to focus a little bit more on myself. Yep. So when this opportunity came up, I was thinking, hey, you know, this is pretty cool. This might be a way that I can still be a mum, be at home for my kids and, you know, be there for my kids, yep. especially my big boy, and then still be able to become self-sufficient because at that stage I was still a single mum. Yeah. And so it was like on a benefit, you know, how could I get myself off a benefit, still yep. be a mum and still be able to provide for my kids. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, let's just see, even if it was just a little bit of extra money that helped pay the bills, yep. bought their Christmas presents, bought them some clothes. So that's all I was really thinking is this, that extra putty I could just kind of um, relieve some of the financial pressure, yep. save me having to go to Wins and ask for a food grant or something like that. Yep. So that was the main goal, was just to become less dependent on a government yep. and still be able to do what I needed as a mum. Yeah. And so it was, and then not have the cost of being in business impact our home so how could yeah. we grow yep. the business so that the customer was was carrying that rather than our whanau? Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that was pretty much it. Yeah, so there's an opportunity here. Let's let's give it a go and see if yep. we can make this work. Yeah. Mm. Koia, kea koia hoa. That's, yeah, another aspect of your journey that's really insightful and I think helpful for others to hear as well, especially being... A working mama with was it five kids mm. I counted and mm. one with 
special needs. Mm. Um, so, oh, and awesome to see um, where you are today with your business. Um, and you talk about we a lot when you tell your story. Um, and I'm pretty sure you don't have any staff members, so it must be your whānau that's yeah. helping you. How do those dynamics work? Yeah, so I wouldn't be here without them. Yeah. And so when I started business, me and my husband had separated, so yeah. I was completely dependent on my kids. So my oldest at the time, I think, was 18. The next one was 16. I had a nine-year-old, and I had... It was one. My baby was yeah. one. And so I relied a lot on my big kids to help me with the younger, my youngest. Yeah. And without them, I would never have been able to do any of what I'd done. Yeah. And then the babysitting came in and I started calling on my husband to come and help babysit. And then his babysitting kind of morphed into helping with the business. And I said, and now we're kind of really good friends, yeah. you know, working on our marriage yeah. and, um, you know, trying to do this together because we were achieving, I was achieving a lot more with his support yeah. and with my children's support. And there wasn't as much responsibility on my children when I had him involved. And so it became a lot uh, much easier process because I'd lost my mum yeah. I didn't have a relationship with any of my siblings or my father and so yeah. I was just completely on my own trying to do this all on my own and I just I did just need that extra support and I yeah. was lucky that we had that relationship that he felt yeah. comfortable to come to the house and do the, do his son and you know yeah. help me with everything and, I, yeah. and now it's kind of cool because you know, we're working on the marriage and yep. you know our son gets to have both parents around a whole lot and, yep. and so yeah it's been really cool so when I talk about we it is I wouldn't be here without my kids my kids had to sacrifice even though I say I wanted to become um, less dependent on the government we still had to make a whole lot of sacrifices so throughout yep. this journey for us to get labels printed is thousands of dollars yep. and so it was like sorry kids we're living on toasts and eggs for however long it takes. And my kids never moaned. Yeah. And it's like, sorry kids, we just don't have the money for a big birthday this year. Can yeah. we just kind of, you know, mum will cook you something. And so everything was really downgraded and my kids just never complained. Yeah. And it was like, you know, mum's tired. Can I just have a little nap and you look after yeah. the, the baby? If anything happens, just come wake mum up. And I said... And I wouldn't have survived through this if it really wasn't yeah. for my kids. So when I talk about a we, I don't think that it's a me because I make it all and do yeah. all this on, on my own. Yeah. I know without my kids being there and now the husband being there that I would never be where I am without them. So even though it's my business and I do all the mahi side of the business, yeah. it is a we situation. Yeah. And so I don't want to take the credit for something that's not Yeah, yeah. Not 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 all mine to take. Yeah. Or mm. era well, I think there's some some gold in what you're saying there, Amy, is that it is um a whanau effort, it's a whanau business and by the sounds of it, 
um, the inu that you've created hasn't just been aromoa for yourself, but mm-hmm. it's been aromoa for your whānau. Mm-hmm. Um, and good to see that those benefits um, are even helping your marriage as well. Yeah. So, you know, part of this whole journey and this whole process, um, I can clearly hear that, uh, you know, it's not only helping your own wairua, but the mm-hmm. wairua of your whole whānau yeah, as well. Definitely. So that's awesome to hear. How did you hear about or learn about Ahikomako? I was doing a Rongwa course at the time and I was our last it was our last class and everybody was asked to bring something so I decided to take my drinks. Yep. And the Kaioko of the Rongwa class said, Oh my goodness, if I was at a restaurant I would order these drinks over anything yeah. else at the restaurant I was just like really and then the other Tawira in the class said the same they like Amy you know you need to make this more available. I was just like yeah. really and I was thinking oh, yeah and she said she sat me down at the end of that at the end of the class and just told me about Ahikomako yeah. I ignored it <laughs> I ignored it and then um my husband has a cousin that works in Tiamati for, oh, yeah. for the while. And um, he rang him to say, oh, do you know where any commercial kitchens are? Because he knows everybody. And he said, go to Ahikomako. Yeah. I'll be able to sort you out. And we ended up, yeah, at Ahikomako. Yeah. We ended up at Ahikomako with a crate of our drinks. Yeah. And just... Um, yeah, left them behind for everybody to have a taste test, and yep. then um, we weren't sure what was going to come of it. But we were driving home after dropping the drinks off, and then uh, we hadn't even reached the hospital. <coughs> we hadn't reached the hospital, and Aubrey rang us and said, "We'll find. We've tried the drinks. We'll find you a kitchen." Yeah, and that was it. I think we had a kitchen by the end of the week. Yeah, so. Yeah, that was pretty much it. That sounds like a true highlight of your business journey. Mm. Um, and I wonder, is there anything you enjoy most or your favourite thing about being in business? And then the flip side to that, is there something that you really don't like about being in business? Uh, the highlight, I have highlights every day. I love it. And I think that's what makes it so easy to get up and do what I do. Um, It's just that I love what I do. I love the people that come along. And I've always believed the people that are attracted to my any other people that are supposed to be there. So people say, oh, do you market your own? And it's just like, no, don't market, don't advertise. And we've just grown without the advertising. It is just, I don't know, it's just the people that hear about it come because that's what resonates with them and that's what we had always wanted yeah and so the other thing that I did enjoy was that I get to go out and harvest yeah and so for me that's huge the cool thing about it was that I've always I wake up every day and I'm kind of a bit more mindful about uh, my day my attitude my how I'm treating other people so that yeah you know that the modi from start to finish is in wellness and yeah. in love and so that's been cool because it's benefited me yeah you know? and it's benefited my whole whanau that mum's you know 
like in a cool mood or you know mum's just not bad buzzing because it's just not a good space to be in when you're yeah. working with our okay yeah and so yeah that's been that's i love that part of it the hardest part would probably be that you don't get days off yeah and it's like it's a seven day 24 hour week job and so i'm we're now at the shop and people don't realize that when we close i'm only closing to go home and work at home yeah and it's like and on my days off i'm usually in the ngahere harvesting so we have our ingredients or you know shooting around to the different shops to buy all our ingredients to keep bring. so there are no days off yeah depending on now that it's summer the baby's not going to sleep until 11 o'clock at night so i'm not i'm restarting work at 11 o'clock at night finishing at three o'clock in the morning and then going back to work yeah. and opening up the shop so that would probably be the hardest part and you know you've always got to um be on when you're at the shop and I was thinking these days that I'm just really tired yeah that I could just say oh I want to pull a sickie but there's no one to cover my shift (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like so you've got to show up to work regardless yeah and it's like and same with the brewing at home and it's like oh I don't want to brew today because mum's just tired and it's like but if I don't brew then we don't have any product yeah and so you know you've got to suck it up and get out there but once you're in the space it's actually a really beautiful space and same within at the shop it's a beautiful space so once you get there it makes it worth it but it's just the getting there some days yeah that are the struggle so I do miss weekends off with the kids yeah really and the only goal I set this year I have um my that I you know the goal that I definitely had set was just to spend more quality time as a whanau. Yeah. Because that was the biggest thing that suffered starting the business was quality time together. Yeah, yeah that would probably be the downside is just our, the whanau does take a little bit of a hit. Yeah. You do get tired and you don't get days off, you don't get holidays, you don't get paid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's some good advice too. Uh, for our listeners is that when you go into business it's not all glamorous it's actually a lot of time a lot of efforts Mm. uh, and you've got to make sacrifices Mm. as well what was it like during lockdown what did you guys do then yeah and so it was like oh crap you know what are we going to do we had no space in our house to take anything from the wire and take it home so we had to just leave all our brewing gear and everything behind and we went home with nothing and we thought oh maybe it'll only be a week two weeks you know and then when they said five or four and then we're thinking oh crap we can't afford to be out of business for that long and so I actually put a panui up on my um, personal Facebook and uh, marae and mahia heard about us yeah and in the middle of lockdown as Maoris do (laughs) They showed up at <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning when everybody's meant to stay home. And they showed up with a six-foot commercial oh, food trailer. Lovely. Yeah, and so lucky for us, the brew companies somehow were still allowed to sell equipment during the lockdown. And the marae actually yeah. paid for our first lot of equipment oh, as well. That's awesome. Yeah, and so... Um, they put gave it to us on loan. Yeah. And, and the trailer was just pay as pay for it as we could afford and then we were lucky because the government bought out their loans for businesses and so we jumped at it and took the loan and paid the marae 
back the full amount that that they were wanting for the food trailer and now we own the food trailer well. Koya koya. Um, so what's the the latest in or out at the moment? What's hot at what's hot at the shop? Yeah, oh so this is the cool thing about the shop is we have taps. So we call it it is the tap room obviously and we have our inu on taps, we have our four standard and we have four standard inu all the time because that's what our stockers sell. Yep. And uh, yep. so we have a new inu every other week as soon as one keg runs out we replace it with a new one we've got a kawakawa peach wairako on tap at the moment which is just flying out the door so we were going to replace it with a huru petal chai next week but it's done so well we'll probably do another week of the kawakawa wairako um and then we have a fijoa one that's on tap and we'll probably replace that with the huru petal when that chai when that runs out but last week we had a passion fruit and then maybe the week before i released a limited edition wine bottle size yep. anu but that sold out in less than six hours <laughs> less than six hours less than six hours that's awesome well there you have it ete iwi that was amy madden with her story of how she started her business waikiriko fermented beverages you can look them up on Facebook, uh, and they also have a website, waikirikokombucha.co.nz, and you can also find them at their tap room on Commerce Street in Frankton, right here in Kirikiridoa. E te tuahine ngā mihi kia koe, a motokorero i tēnei rā. And whanau, please stay tuned for the next podcast where you will be able to learn more about other Māori businesses who have begun their entrepreneurship journey and learn more insights from how their business journeys developed and progressed. Uh, hoia no whanau, until next time, mā te wā.